the title of our new series is Foolproof. 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 Ask the right questions. Make the right decisions. Ask the right questions. Make the right decisions. I'm going to ask you, if you will, if you have a Bible or if you want to follow us from the screen, if you will go with me to the book of Ephesians. As our book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter and verse one. Praise the Lord for Pastor Johnson concluding our series last week on the next big thing and the powerful preacher that she is. Would you say amen? Thank God for an able executive pastor that is here with us. Ephesians chapter five and verse one, and we'll read selected verses of chapter five all the way down to verse 17 as our thematic text and scripture for this morning. How many want to be deeper in the word this year than you were last year? Amen. How many want to be closer to God this year than you were last year? How many want to make better financial decisions than you made last year? How many want to be healthier this year than you were last year? How many want your relationships to be better this year than they were last year? Say amen. Everybody, every year, feels the same way. And I will say to you, I've had some cynical people say to me, well, you know that this calendar that we're working under is, uh, you know, Pope Gregory's calendar in the first place. And, you know, it's just a changing of a day. I don't care who, I don't, I don't care. As long, listen, as long, I don't care who calendar it is. And even for those of us who are concerned about the change of Sabbath from Sunday, from Saturday to Sunday, the Bible says they would attempt to change times and laws. Y'all not They can't change nothing. Come on. <laughs> they can fool with the calendar. But I, what I'm saying is, is I, I know there's some cynics who don't really get into resolutions and they're not really into celebrating the new year. But as for me, any opportunity I get to hit the reset button, man, I, I thank God when Sunday shows up. Come on, say amen. Anytime the week ends and we're able to hit the reset, how many, how many need opportunities to hit the reset button? I thank God for that. And so it's January. Praise the Lord. Come on, say amen. 2015 couldn't have ended faster. I'm glad for a new year. Come on, say amen. New year to get this thing right with the Lord. Don't know if we're going to even make it through the entire year of 2016. You have no idea. Got a chance to do, I uh, was blessed, uh, Sister uh, Hampton asked me to come and do the funeral services of a relative of hers uh, this week uh, at Bethel. And a young man, just you just don't know. You don't know what happened to you this year. You don't know, and I'm not trying to speak evil, but you don't know what the doctor's report will be in your life this year. You don't know what phone call you'll get from your children this year. You're not hearing me. You don't know if the IRS is going to call you this year. <laughs> this could be your year. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And so I, I'm just saying to us that anytime God gives us a chance to hit the reset button, we ought to take advantage of that opportunity and to plan to do things differently in 2016 than we did in 2015. If you agree with that, would you say amen? And so thus, we are doing a series now on trying to avoid being foolish. We want to be foolproof. <laughs> Some stuff are waterproof. I want to be foolproof. Come on, say amen. Don't want to make dumb decisions. Don't want to be foolish. And so we're going to study that from the books of Ephesians and Proverbs. The Bible says in verse 1, watch what the scripture says. It says, follow God's example. Wow. That's a great way to start the new year off. Therefore, as dearly loved, what y'all? Verse 2 says, and walk in the way of what? Love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Verse 3, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity because these are improper for God's holy people. Verse 4, nor should there be Obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. 
But instead of, of talking dirty and foolish and obscene and coarse joking and gossiping, the Bible says, but rather thanksgiving. In place of complaining, negative talk, gossip, and foolishness, the Lord is saying, let's praise his name more this year than we did last year. Uh, verse 5, for of this you can be sure, <laughs> I love that, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Verse 6 says, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Verse 7, therefore, do not be partners with him, with them. Got to watch the relationships that we have in the church and out of the church. Verse 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. This is the reason why God is calling us to live differently because you once were in darkness. Come on, anybody remember that? Now you are in, you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Let's skip to verse 10. And I love this verse. And find out. Somebody shout find out. Find out. Search out for it. Study it. Figure it out. Search what pleases the Lord. And here are our key verses for our study this morning. Verse 15 says, be very careful then how you live. That's not, the, that's not the green light or the red light. That's the yellow light. Be cautious, the Bible is saying, then how you live. Not as unwise, but as what, y'all? Verse 16, making the most. Ooh, this is the stewardship of opportunity. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Verse 17, therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Our subject today is ask the right question. Lord, be with us today as we study the word. The Holy Spirit is more than needed for this moment. Because if we listen in the flesh, it could cost us our souls. Holy Spirit, hover over us. Guide us. Breathe on us. Open us up to the surgery of Jesus, so that everything that needs to come out can come out, and that which needs to go in can go in. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Um, if I could tell this person, move that slide for me, if I could look back and tell this dude, I mean, I, I, I wish that I could do this. I, don't, I wish God could allow me to reverse time. I wish I could go on a time machine. I wish I could go in a time machine. I wish I could go in a time machine. Anybody lived a little while, wish you could go back and... Now, I don't want to be that age no more. But I just, I wish I could go back and tell him some stuff. Tell him some stuff. And I mean, if I could tell this Myron with his, with his DuPont Seventh-day Adventist Junior Academy uniform on. Huh? Looking like Taylor. I mean, if I could tell this boy right here, which was in the sixth grade, if I could just tell him something, boy, all the things I tell him. I tell him, I tell him, be careful how you treat women because you're going to have a daughter. Be careful how you carry yourself as a man because you're going to have a son. And whatever you gave your parents... You're going to get back tenfold. I, I would tell him, anybody ever had these conversations in your mind before? I would tell him, I would tell him that being spiritual is not for older people. I wish I knew then what the Holy Spirit was because I would have been full of the Holy Spirit back then. I wish, I, wish, I, wish, I wish I could tell him the value of time and that you ain't going to be a kid forever. I, I mean, I don't know about you. Some of y'all probably can't say this, but it, I mean, it, time, time, 
I mean, I had hair in that picture. I mean, legit. Like, my, my daughter asked me this. Well, I had hair when I came here. My daughter asked me the other day. She said, now, why, now why is it that you lost all your hair last year? Like, she just couldn't understand it. Like, I mean, you just had hair. I, I, would, tell, I would tell him the value of time. And also, this is a biggie. I mean, I would tell him the value of money. I tell him to avoid debt. Like AIDS. I tell him to make good grades in school because if you make good grades in school, you won't have to pay for college and you won't be paying for college at 39. I wish I, I mean, I, there's so much. I would, oh, man. But I don't have that chance. And neither do you. And there's just, honestly, there's some things that, there's just some things, unfortunately, that life has to teach you. Because you just can't learn it at that stage. But there are some things, there are some things that we should have done that we have not done still thank you brother still haven't done because and I was, I was taught by my mama never to say this because of what Matthew five twenty two said because I'm a fool anybody ever been taught you should never call anybody a fool there's a scripture that tells us why I don't have time to get into that but that's not what the bible means it doesn't mean don't ever call nobody a fool it means don't, don't call nobody words or names in anger. But some of us have been foolish. <laughs> let me give you one, let me give you an example. I'm going to be totally transparent. Go to the next slide. Here's, here, here's a dumb decision I made. As soon as I graduated from college, before I started working officially, I didn't think about anything else. This is the black people curse. Drive nicer than you live. This decision right here to buy a 1997 BMW 328i Aspen Gray, that decision set me back financially 10 years. That's my, under, my, under my calculations, I, I say about 10 years when your car payment is $500. But you say to yourself, I can afford the payment. The mindset of I can afford a payment is not a mindset of wealth. And that's why I'm not wealthy now. Because I've been duped. I was duped into debt thinking. Now, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to offend anybody. But, like, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have bought that. I would have bought something I paid cash for that people would have laughed at. But if I had saved $500 a month, I've been employed ever since then. If I had saved, somebody help me. Somebody with a calculator. Now, nah, don't do that because you're going to make me feel bad. If I had saved $500 a month, huh? Since that time. Don't even tell me, Linda. I don't want to know it. It's going to depress me. Huh? And put it in something and let it grow. I'm just going to say it. I was foolish. Let's go on to the next one. Are y'all with me here? <laughs> what I'm coming to realize is, is the easiest person to deceive in the world Amen. is you. Amen. It, but um, the amazing thing is we are, it is so easy. Anybody, now at that time when I bought that, that car, I was looking at the dumb decisions of other people and I could point it out. <laughs> Why are he doing that? Why are they doing that? Why are they going there? What are you doing that for? But I have, I have, this is just something I've learned over time, 
that it is so much easier to identify other people's foolishness than it is to identify yours. So easy. And, but the truth is, the easiest person to deceive is yourself because I have learned self-talk. I can convince myself of just about anything in the face of clear evidence. You don't have a house. Why are you buying a BMW? Go on to the next one. <laughs> Let's move on here. Uh, and then you, you start need to ask yourself this question as I'm asking mine. It's 2016. Some of us made plans, promises, predictions, and resolutions in 89. In 94. And you have to ask yourself, why does history keep re- repeating itself in your life? Anybody ever think that? Seriously, and I'm going to go to money because we're going to talk about money as we go in a few weeks and relationships especially. But like especially with money, the devil, oh, the devil then showed up again and my account is overdrawn. (laughs) Money ain't that spiritual. Money is scientific and logical. No, you just keep making the same dumb decisions that you made before. Ten times over, with interest in that right system over. And so it, it, we, we've got to begin to face some things. And I want to say this, this is not a sermon for young people, although they can get a whole lot of it out, out of it. But there are many of us even now who are up in age, who have lived a little while, that still have the propensity to deceive ourselves to make foolish decisions. Still living above our means, still involved in foolishness in relationships. Still really not spiritual, just religious. Well, part of the reason is is we keep asking the wrong question. All right? And so here's the wrong question. And I'm going to tell you what the right question is as we get closer to the end of the message. The wrong question is, is, or phrase, the way you can say it, is this. Is this, this decision I'm going to make, is this right or wrong? Amen. Wrong question. Amen. Amen. You know why that's the wrong question? Because I am so good at deceiving myself to make something right. That's wrong. And here's the thing. And let me, let me say it another way. Because most of us, we live too much in black and white that we don't realize we're not messing up in black and white areas of our lives. We're messing up in gray areas of our lives. Amen. See, okay, yes, we have a sin problem, no doubt. Yes, we need to be closer to the Lord, no doubt. But there are some things in life that are not necessarily spiritual. That have more to do with wisdom and foolishness that impact your spirituality. I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments right now. I'm talking about life decisions that are neither right nor wrong, but are in another realm. See, right and wrong is a low level. A higher level of moral ethic is not asking is something right or wrong. The scriptures teach us when you got the spirit of God in your life that you, you, you are above the law. That's what Galatians 5 says. That when the spirit is in you, you, you're not even operating in the immature level of what is right and wrong. Even an unsaved person knows something is right or wrong. Amen. Amen. Oh, y'all not hearing me now. Amen. Let me give you an example. There, there, there are people who don't go to church, don't believe in God, and they have sex outside of marriage with great promiscuity. And, and they will say, it's my business, I'm not a Christian, ain't nothing wrong with this. But if they have a 17 or 18-year-old sister and their sister is promiscuous, they got a problem with that. Why? Because people know what's right and wrong. (laughs) You don't got to be saved to know what's right and wrong. What you need the Holy Ghost for is to know what's wise and what's foolish. 
And I promise you, your spiritual life is impacted by a couple of things. There are more, but there are a couple of things I want to point out to you that impacts your spiritual life, that, that really impacts your relationship with God more so than the sins that you often think are the issue. Your money impacts your relationship with God. Your health impacts your relationship with God. Oh, come on, saints. Your relationships with people and family, these are the big three that impact your walk with the Lord. These are the things that keep you stressed out. These are the things that cause you to make dumb decisions. And, and, and my wife, she's so wise. I was just asking her. I often will run sermon stuff by her. And I was like, now, what's the number one reason why people are foolish? What? I mean, if you could put your, she's like, it's impatience. Most of the dumb things that we do are driven by a lack of patience. Now, now, let me just tell you, buying that BMW was not a sin. It wasn't a sin. It wasn't a sin. I'm, I'm just helping somebody out there. You didn't buy a BMW, but you, 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 bought, you bought a, uh, what's a, a deuce and a quarter. Come on, say, back in the day. Lord, have mercy. Huh? I don't know what it was. It could have been a goat. I don't know what it was. Could have been a Cadillac. Whatever it was, you had it. You'd understand it's amazing how well we drive in the beginning, how sorry we drive in the end. Huh? But I, that was not a sin. Come on, talk to me, y'all. That wasn't a sin. Amen. It was just foolish. But foolishness impacts your life just to, a, to even to a greater extent or equal to sin. Because foolishness is not sin, we justify it in our minds and we continue to repeat the behavior because we know I ain't going to really go to hell over this. But if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, a foolish thing becomes sinful. For you. Some of y'all should never eat a donut ever again. You. Come on now. That's not everybody's testimony. Some of us should never drink pop ever again. Some of us should never eat another piece of meat ever again. That's your situation. Y'all not praying with me in here. That's not sin. As much as we want to make that stuff sin. But the but 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 repeating these behaviors over and over again that are detrimental personally to us will put us in a weak spiritual position that becomes sinful. Are y'all hearing me? <laughs> so the wrong question is, ain't nothing wrong with it. That's, what I, that's how I convinced myself to buy a BMW. I said, ain't nothing wrong with this. God, listen, I can do ministry. <laughs> no, all right, all right I'm, I'm going to tell you that God's honest truth. You know the number one reason? Why? So I had an uncle who's a physician. His buddy had a dealership. And his brother, brother uh, sold all high-end cars. Now, my uncle drove nothing but high-end foreign cars with numbers as the names of them instead of names. Right. Y'all didn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> huh? And so, and so um, I had a, oh, what year was that thing? Was it a, I think it was like a 1988 Honda Civic. At the time, it had 300,000 miles on it. And to be honest, it wasn't no ways tired. Come on, come on. It wasn't no ways tired. It, it, wasn't, it, 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 it I mean, for real, there were really no issues with it at all, except that I'm a pastor now. And this is what the thing that my uncle said to me. Now, I ain't blaming it on him. He, he does bear some responsibility. I'm not blaming it on him. I'm not blaming it on him. But this is what he said to me that made me sign on the dotted line. He said, man, you can't be driving in no funeral procession. In that car. And now, now, let me tell you something. I, 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 I drove that car in funerals, processions. Nobody ever came and said to me, we don't want you to do the committal because your car is ugly. The other thing is, is I can always catch a ride with somebody else. I could ride in the front seat of the hearse. Yes, sir. But that alone, I said, oh, oh. The Lord wants me to give glory to him. How, would I, how could I bring shame on the ministry? 
and be in a funeral procession with this dump car? I deceived myself. $500 a month. The question that we ought to be asking is not, is it right or wrong? You're very smart people. Everybody in here is a smart person. Come on, say amen. amen. You can find ways to justify any stupid, stupid decisions. Y'all forgive me. I can It's stupid. How many in here, be honest, because y'all making me feel judged. How many have ever done something stupid? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Recently. Come on now. Huh? Y'all know. <laughs> How many have been watching TV and they told you that this, if you buy this product, as seen on TV for just four payments of $29.95. It's not even $30. Just do this. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm getting carried away. Reason why history keeps repeating itself in our lives is because we perpetually and repeatedly act like fools. Okay, watch what the scripture says in Ephesians 15. Let's look at 5 verse 15. Look what the text says. Now, before I tell you this, I got to tell you about why Paul is saying this. Paul, for the first four chapters of Ephesians, has been telling them who they are in Christ. And the last thing he recently said to them is, is man, you were in darkness, but I saved you. Ephesians 2 even says, he says, for by grace you were saved through faith. This wasn't even of your sin. It was a gift of God. So Paul is saying, in light of what God has done in your life, I need you to live differently. And notice Paul was saying, I'm talking more than just right or wrong. I'm talking about being a person of wisdom. How many want to be that person? A person that makes the right decision all the time. It can, it can happen. Look at what he says. And so this is his admonition. He says, be what, y'all? Very what? Then how you what? Not as what? But as what? Notice what he's saying there. He's saying careless living is unwise living. And careful living is wise living. The Bible is so serious about being wise and foolish that when the Bible starts to describe the difference between the two people that are saved and lost in the last days in the ten virgins, he does not describe them as good and evil. Y'all not hearing me. He doesn't, he doesn't describe them as bad and good. He describes them as wise and foolish. And now why were the foolish virgins considered foolish? Because they simply trusted in themselves enough to say, I'm good. What, what got me here will get me there. And it was not enough. It was so fatal that the Bible says it was eternal. I'll tell you right now, this thing is deep because I begin, as I begin to think about some of the unwise choices that I've made that have become sin, that for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to deal with the damage. So we don't tell that story. That's why I wish I could go back and talk to that little boy and say to him, there's some decisions that you make that you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life and your children are going to have to deal with it and their children are going to have to deal with it. Don't do that thing. Amen. Don't marry that person. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't marry that person. Don't marry that person. I've had people stand before me. Pastor, the Lord has told us to be married. I'm serious. The Lord told them. What am I supposed to say? (laughs) They come in for counseling and say to me, the Lord has told us to be married. Now counsel us. Now I'm already put on. I got an attitude now. Like you don't come to counseling with that attitude. You ought to come with an open mind. Is this the Lord's will? Walk us through this thing. And and, and on the nine times out of ten, Fred, I'm telling you, I've seen this thing so many times where folks will come in all confident. They know this is the one. They know it. They just know it. They know it. They know it. They know it. But what they don't realize is that they deceive themselves into ignoring some obvious red flags about this person that the Holy Spirit told them about this person. But we're we're smarter than that. We're smarter than the Holy Spirit. 
And then they come to me for the second and third and fourth marriage. Nobody ever talks about, I mean, show them divorce court. Show them alimony. Show them broken children. Show them broken children who, who have so many issues because of the brokenness of that first relationship that they don't understand how to deal with the, their brothers and sisters that came in the third marriage and in the second marriage. And so now when they go to family reunion, oh, y'all not hear me. This. All because of a unwise, a foolish decision. The Bible says, he says in verse 16, making the most, go ahead, verse 16, making the most of every opportunity. Do you hear that, saints? This is, see, we don't, we, 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 we belittle this stuff. But I'm trying to tell you, when you operate in wisdom, eventually the repetitive, habitual way of your life and your decision making will ultimately determine your eternal destination. In the end, those that are saved are wise. Those that are lost are foolish. It says that we ought to make the most of every opportunity. To not make the most of every opportunity that God presents to us will become a sin. And notice why he says we ought to be careful and why we ought to walk in wisdom. Because we live in a culture that is evil and the whole purpose of the culture is to get you to follow the mindset of the culture, to do what everybody else is doing, to make similar decisions and look at other people and say, look, they did it and they survived, so I should do the same thing. One of the worst things you can say is, is, well, well, my mama and my daddy, that's how they raised me. But what if you were raised in dysfunction and you don't even realize it? Go on, I gotta move quickly. Notice what he said. He said, therefore, do not be what, y'all? But understand what the Lord's will is. Now, let's all, let's just, uh, confession is good for the soul. Anybody ever been impatient and your impatience caused you to make an unwise decision and you're paying for that unwise decision right now? Anybody? Okay, all right. You know why? We were impatient. We didn't want to wait long enough to discover the Lord's will. You had been single for far too long. Your clock was ticking. That's what they told you. Right, right. They told you your clock was ticking. You want to have children. And so you just, you, you know. Next man up. Been that done, man. Or, this is, now this is a touchy one. You got somebody pregnant. Got somebody pregnant. You made one mistake. Then the second mistake you made was to marry them. When you did not find out if that was the Lord's will. Now, I know we used to do that as churches, but brother, the scripture doesn't say if you impregnate somebody, marry them. Don't make two mistakes. Y'all not hearing me. Take care of that child. Love that child. Be there for that child as best you can, but don't make two dumb. Come on in here. Just because they're the baby daddy don't mean they're going to be your husband. Y'all not praying with me in here. Oh, Lord. Go on to the next one here. Let's let's keep moving. So what does the Bible describe as a fool? I'm going to share this this with you. And then next week, I'm going to tell you um, the three kinds of fools that the Bible talks about. And all of us fall in one of the categories, at least at some point in our lives. All right. So let's at least see from a general point of view what the Bible says a fool is. All right. Let's go to Proverbs 12 and verse 15. The Bible says the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to what, everybody? All right, go, 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 here's, here's the point here that I want to make. Number one, um, foolish people overestimate their own cleverness. Foolish people overestimate their own wisdom. How do I know that I can be a fool? Because I put too much confidence in my own wisdom. A person that is wise in their own eyes is a fool. Listen, I don't care how long you've lived. Some of the wisest people I know that are older, I I mention his name all the time, but I love him so much. T. Marshall Kelly, one of the wisest men right here from Cleveland I have ever met, is still one of the hungriest men I know for wisdom. He is is a lifelong learner. Many of us, 
You're not even 50. And you know it all. You just came out of puberty. And you, come on, how many know teenagers are born, when you, be, when you move into adolescence, you move into fooldom. Adolescence, am I right about it? Adolescence is the second, I think it's the second developmental stage in a person's life. And they say you literally go back to being like a baby. Your brain and chemicals, everything is, is being, I mean, and that's why when you hear teenagers talk, especially if you've lived a little while, doesn't it drive you crazy? Tell them, doesn't it drive you crazy? But like, what, you, you just dumb and don't even know nothing better. But all of us, and, and, and I want to make this clear, just because you've lived a long time doesn't mean that you're wise. Some of us have grown old, but we haven't grown up. How do I know you're a fool? How do I know I can be a fool? It's when I begin to overestimate when I'm making decisions. I think I know what I am doing. Never. The Bible, notice what the scripture says in Proverbs. It says, never lean to your own understanding. Never. Amen. At any point in your life, never lean to your own understanding. Amen. But the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Right? Go to the next one. Scripture says in Proverbs 26, 11, as a dog returns to its vomit. So fools repeat their, uh, by the way, I meant to research that. I just ran out of time. Why do dogs do that? Anybody know? Any dog people? Anybody know why dogs return to their vomit? Is there some scientific reason? No, there's not. There's no explanation for it. It's just stupid. And that's the point. (laughs) He's saying it makes no sense for a dog to return to vomit. It just makes no sense. Dogs are dumb. They have to be trained. So fools repeat their folly. Oh, Lord. Here it goes. Here's the next point. (laughs) Put it up there for me. A fool is somebody who repeats foolishness. Now, I wish I could have told you that I bought one BMW (laughs) when I couldn't afford it. I wish I could have told you that. See, after that, it wasn't a BMW. It had a different name on it. (laughs) Man, I have bought clothes and shoes and gadgets and stuff. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Credit cards. Now, don't raise your hand, but some of y'all paying for credit cards now. That should have been paid off. Some of you should be paying on credit cards. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, 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 oh, that's no big, I'm not going to be saved or lost on that. Okay, no, you may not be saved or lost on that. But the, but the, but the behaviors that follow that, where, where the, the, the environment that debt creates, the environment that a bad marriage creates, the environment that bad health creates will put you in places where you will do things you said you never do. A fool repeats foolishness. The definition of insanity, you've heard it, when you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and expect different results. As I told you the other day, it's Christmas time. People, I mean, look, you don't have, you didn't have no money last year. You didn't save nothing all year long. Why are you stressing and breaking your back? Christmas is 24 hours. And when it's gone, it's gone. And the creditor is coming. And the layaway plan got to be paid off. Y'all not hearing me in here. But I just didn't want to not get them nothing. I didn't want to. I'm telling you, your kids, 30 years from now, I, I don't remember them. I can't even remember the Christmases. My parents didn't get me nothing. But what I do remember is that they loved me. I do remember they put a roof over my head. I do remember they put clothes on my back. Somebody put up a meme on Facebook, and they, and, and they had a picture of a house, and the house was wrapped in gift wrapping. The, the, the oven was wrapped in gift wrapping. The refrigerator was wrapped in gift wrapping. The, 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 the bed and the bedroom. Y'all, not, y'all, y'all even know what I'm talking about. Uh, Merry Christmas. Amen. You got a house to live in. 
You got a car to drive. Come on, y'all. Food on your table. You ought to go in your house one day with them kids and wrap all the food that they got. Wrap them Doritos. Come on in here, somebody. Wrap that toilet tissue. But, but many of us, we are so pressured by the thoughts of others that we make dumb decisions. Go on to the next one. You ain't married yet. And then you're just so wide open that you just take anything. Now, I love this because I got to give you a little grace. Being fooled does not make you a fool. Being fooled. Anybody been fooled? It doesn't mean you are a fool. You only become a fool when you continuously fall for the same foolishness. Some of your children making a fool out of you. They too grown for you to be given the money. Now, this ain't for everybody, but whoever the Holy Ghost is talking to right now, there are some of you that are enabling your children's dysfunction because you feel guilty that you made some mistakes along the way in your parenting. You're allowing that guilt. Y'all not praying with me. You're allowing that guilt. See, there could be some old fools too. You're allowing that guilt to, 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 to determine how you're interacting with that child if after the fifth time they get locked up, you don't have to bail them out. And it doesn't mean you don't love them. It simply means that if you really love them, you will allow what the Holy Ghost is trying to do to them. What's Bill Cosby's wife's name? Camille. Camille. I'm praying for them. Seriously. I'm praying. No, I'm serious. That's tough. She's going to have to testify. Now, I'm not saying Bill did all that stuff. You know, I'm a little conspiracy theorist. Uh -uh. But man, after 50, well, there's smoke. There's just a little bit of fire. Something's, I mean, mean, we at least know that he was not faithful in his marriage, right? I'm not saying he's a rapist. I don't know that. I've not read the deposition. Some of you have read it. But we at least know that he broke his marriage vows. And that one act, that decision, oh my gosh. And this is what I, when I go to the next service, that's where all the young heads are. But when I get to the next service, I'm going to tell them, you mess with somebody crazy. You mess with a crazy woman. You mess with a crazy man. And you're going to be dealing with them for the rest of their life. And don't mess around and have a baby with them. You're going to be dealing with crazy for the rest of your life. You're not a fool if you get fooled. But you're a fool if you keep falling for foolishness. Go on. I'm preaching to myself, y'all. Those who trust in themselves. Here's the last one. Those who trust in themselves. 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 Those who trust in themselves are fools. But those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Last but not least, a fool is someone who trusts in themselves. So if you could just give one definition, what is a fool? A fool is somebody who takes themselves too seriously, who thinks they're smarter than they are. And generally, a fool has very few influential relationships for good. When I make big-time decisions, I've said this before, there are five people, five, that I talk to every time, five. They're all older than me. Five. Every time. Every decision. Every concept idea. Five. I'm, I, I don't trust myself. Now, I ain't going to get no amens on that because there's some folk in here who think they smart. How do you know you wise when you know that you're a fool? <laughs> Thank you. That, the Lord just gave me that. That's the truth. How do you know you're not wise when you, Lord have mercy, when you don't realize you're a fool? See, all of us got a little fool in us. Or 
All of us got a little dumb in us. All of us got a little stupid in us. Oh, y'all not praying, man. Don't, ain't nobody want to be called. All of us got a little simpleton in us. That's old school. <laughs> All of us got a little bit of that in us. And a wise person recognizes their limitations. A wise person recognizes their propensities. A wise person has self-awareness about their pain, their struggle. And they say, I can't do this thing. I need wisdom. Let's end it. Let's end it. What time is it? 1131. Okay, let's end it. Um, here, are three, here are the three points just for those who are writing it down. Number one, a fool overestimates their own cleverness. You can take a picture of it really quickly if you want to do that too. Number two, uh, a fool repeats foolishness. Number three, a fool trusts in themselves. Very quickly, a fool overestimates their own cleverness. Number two, they repeat foolishness. Number three, they trust in themselves. All right, now let's bring this thing home. Now sometimes the only thing, and I'm going to really get into this next week, that can, and that should have been, that can change the foolish. I'm sorry, I left the word out. Sometimes the only thing that can change, insert the word change after the word can. Sometimes the only thing that can change the foolish is, anybody know? You say Jesus? Nope. Well, it's Jesus. It's just Jesus indirectly. I'll show you. You ready? Because Jesus has been trying to change you from your foolish ways. Jesus has been trying to get you to trust in him. Jesus been, but let's just do that. Sometimes Jesus got to have you pull up in the ER. You're not going to change the way you take care of your body until you go to the ER. You're not. Some of you eating vegetables now because it's been prescribed. Some of you have to get divorced. I'm not saying people should go through this. But I'm just telling you, we need to accept. And this is why we need to be gracious when people fall. Because when they fall, in your mind, you should say, oh, the Holy Spirit is working. He's trying to, you got to get them to a place. How many know that there are only some things that can be learned through experience for foolish people? Now, wise people, they learn from observation. And I'm, I mean, look now, well, <laughs> you look at everybody else's dumb stuff and you say, I ain't doing that. You look at every, and don't, and don't go by appearances. Just because somebody's driving nice and living nice don't mean they have money. Amen. The brokest people in the, in, in the United States are middle class people. Right. Yes, sir. The, the person on, on Section 8, living, they don't got no debt. I was talking to somebody the other day, and, and they said, Pastor, I, just, I mean, this is going to be rough for me. I just don't, I mean, I'm, I'm, living, I'm living in the projects, and I don't, I don't got nothing, and I'm, I'm on food stamps. I said, how much debt do you have? Well, I said, well, I, well, I got about $500 worth of debt. Come over here. Let me smack you in your face. Don't you, you ever open your mouth and say that again? Pray and ask God for a job. Go on down to Tri-C and get in one of them programs that they give it out for free. Do something with your life. Ask the Lord to guide you. You got $500 worth of debt? Give me, give me something so I can go upside your sorry behind head. That ain't no debt. Anybody know what I'm talking about in here? That was my car payment. So here are the three questions we need to ask. Here are the three questions we need to ask. Next one. In light of my, and this is what you, and all I'm asking after this sermon is that as you go into the new year, we're not starting with a fast this year. We'll get into that as we get closer into February. We're not starting, what I want you to do this year, no more fasting and resolutions and all that kind of stuff, although they are important. You have to plan to change. You can't just say this year is going to be better. It is not. You have no plan. None. You've not, if, you, if you haven't written it down, it ain't a plan. If you're not reviewing it daily, it's not a plan. If you're not taking action steps, it's not a plan. Stop sitting around saying, I'm going to change. Lord's going to do a great work in my life. No, he is not because you have not made any plans for that to happen. But this is the first, there are three questions you need to ask. First is, in light of my past experience, what's the wise thing for me to do? Looking in the past, What's the wise thing? And based on my, I'm not, you ain't looking at nobody else, just you. Based on my past experience, what's the wise thing for me to do? Number, next one, next one. In light of my current, this is the present, circumstances, what's the wise thing for me to do? Where I am right now in my life, what's the wise thing to do? Number three, in light of my future hopes and dreams, 
What's the wise thing for me to do? Brothers and sisters, I, the right question, you, ready, you know what the right question is, right? Not is it right or wrong, is it wise? That's it. Every decision should be filtered through, is this, not is this sin, but is this wise? Is this the wise thing to do? Is this wise? This is what we're going to look at. We're going to look at this in three different, we're going to look at it, go ahead, in our relationships, in our finances, and in our physical body, our health. Are we operating in wisdom. Who wants to be wise in 2016? Would you stand right now? I might pray for you. Heavenly Father, this is a game changer right here. This question solves every problem. Is this wise? Am I, am I in my feelings? On this one. On this decision that I'm making here, is this my flesh, my feelings, or have I sought to find out what God's will is? Have I allowed my flesh, my feelings, my opinions? Is, is that stuff getting in the way? Because once you make a decision, you cannot undo it. Lord, have mercy. God's not going to punish you. Punishment doesn't come into judgment. But God will allow every consequence of every decision to come your way. It will happen whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Whatsoever a woman sows, that shall she also reap. Lord, we need wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom comes from the word. Wisdom comes from other people. Help us to plan, to utilize wisdom. And this week, this is our only assignment. We're just going to ask the question, is this wise? Am I hearing from God or is this my flesh? Is this my feelings? Guide us, O oh God, so that we don't lean to our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge you so you can direct our paths. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Just before we lift uh, tithes and offering, a couple of things uh, tonight.